The Patterson Foundation strengthens people, organizations, and communities by focusing on issues that address mutual aspirations, foster wide participation, and encourage learning and sharing. Each day, each one of us goes beyond the blog. Join the journey. Welcome to the Beyond the Blog podcast, a strategic communications evolution of the Patterson Foundation. I'm Kelly Alexander, fellow with the Patterson Foundation and your host today for a look into the partnership between TPF and the Fundraising School. And to help me do that is Director of the Fundraising School and Senior Assistant Dean for External Relations with the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, Bill Stanjakevich. Bill, welcome to the podcast. Kelly, always a delight to serve alongside you. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Well, I feel like I'm joined by a pro here today because you host your own podcast with the fundraising school called First Day Podcast, and it focuses on the latest in fundraising practices and research. So thank you for being here and discussing a bit more about this partnership and an initiative called Fueling Dynamic Fundraising. And so you and I both know that a strong fundraising program is essential for a thriving nonprofit organization. So to give listeners a bit of context, the Fueling Dynamic Fundraising Initiative, which we fondly call FDF, fosters a space for Suncoast region nonprofits to receive in-person training from TFRS faculty, including yourself, Bill, that's fully funded by TPF. Following completion, nonprofits have the opportunity to continue into a consultation phase to assist with that implementation. So for four days in November of 2023, just last month, TPF hosted the Fundraising School's Principles and Techniques of Fundraising course with 32 Suncoast nonprofits taught by you and Vicki Pugh as well. So we've already heard a lot of positive feedback that while the course focuses on so many different things, that nonprofit specifically is already seeing impacts in structure and is being more organized and really productive. So Bill, please do share just a bit more about this from your perspective and how these four days progressed. Well, this is an absolutely remarkable opportunity for nonprofits in the Suncoast region, the four counties covered by the Patterson Foundation, uh, in that the nonprofits are able to take full advantage of our evidence-based, research-based training. You know, the, the fundraising school has been around for nearly 50 years, and uh, we just had a, a survey of our alumni completed, and that revealed that of the people who implement what we teach, nearly 80% of them raise more money as a result of the skills that they gain from the fundraising school. So I'm absolutely delighted anytime that we have a chance to teach community-based nonprofit organizations as we were able to do in November for the Patterson Foundation with those 32 nonprofits. They were different budget size, they were from different subsectors, but they had one thing in common. They were hungry to learn more about fundraising and I just saw the post-course evaluations and I was really heartened to see how well-received our training was by those participants. Awesome. That's so good. That's The room was so full of engagement and the connection that happened between, because I think that was the first time that probably some of those organizations had been able to connect with one another. And Kelly, we see that when we train across the United States, when there is a local host, it could be a community foundation that serves one county or a family foundation that serves six counties, like your home area of Northern Indiana, the DECO Foundation will bring people together from six different counties, or the Patterson Foundation bringing people together from the Suncoast region. 
uh, we're not surprised when we see partnerships and collaborations happen over time, that people get a chance to meet each other. They realize that they have unique strengths. Uh, they realize that they're not competitors. That's one thing we teach is that nonprofits are not competing against each other for funding. They're putting out their unique fundraising case for support and letting donors choose what makes the most sense for the donors, philanthropic values and motivations. When that's off the table, this idea that we're competing against other nonprofits, then we see collaboration and partnership happen. And that certainly was the, uh, in the uh, spirit in the room as we trained for the Patterson Foundation in November. That's such a good, that's such a good reminder as well. And it reminds me of one of the Patterson Foundation's approaches. It's like change happens from two. And one of the from twos is from scarcity to abundance and having that scarcity mindset of there's, you know, there's never enough, there's never enough. And then flipping that over to an abundance mindset that really fosters that collaboration to grow. Well, Kelly, an abundance mindset is essential to successful fundraising. You know, here in the United States, wealth is changing by the minute. You know, we no longer have gold bars sitting in a vault or a fort somewhere, and that's the value of our money. No, wealth is very uh, elastic. It changes literally from one moment to the next. Um, and what fundraisers need to have is that growth mentality, that sense of possibility uh, that there are donors out there. And if you have a thoughtful, well-written public service mission, which is the reason you exist, that's what you told if you're in the state of Florida, the state of Florida government, that's what you told the U.S. government and both allowed you to become a nonprofit organization. If you've identified something that's real through your public service mission, there will be donors who will support you. If not, maybe your public service mission really isn't all that valuable. You translate that through an effective fundraising case for support and that sense of possibility that feeling of abundance, that growth mentality can help you through. Candidly, I don't know how you fundraise without a growth mindset, uh, because you really have to know that there are donors out there, there are foundations and corporations out there who do want to support your great work. It's your job through the techniques that we teach to be able to identify, cultivate those relationships, and steward those possibilities accordingly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Bill, you have a really, I mean, just from you speaking, you can tell, and I know personally, too, that you have such an impressive background in the philanthropic sector, in leadership, and just work as a fundraiser. So tell me more about your perspective of fundraising and how placing this really intentional time on a fundraising plan can impact nonprofits. Well, I love to fundraise, uh, and it stems out of the definition our school uses of fundraising is the gentle art of teaching the joy of giving. So this is gentle. We're not putting pressure on anybody. This is a conversation just like we're having now. And the art is, is that my conversation is tailored to that particular donor or foundation or corporation, their philanthropic motivations, their philanthropic values, their foundation or corporate guidelines. And so I'm tailoring the conversation to them. The gentle art of teaching, I'm just teaching about my programs and services. And importantly, about my impact and results. But then here's the best part. When we fundraise, we are in the joy delivery business because fundraising is the gentle art of teaching the joy of giving. When our founder, Henry Rosso, came up with that definition, he just knew what was innate, what we feel. You know how you feel when you choose that right gift for a special someone in your life. That's what's happening when people are giving, giving philanthropically. And we now have the science that backs that up. And so I feel when I'm fundraising, I'm doing people a favor. I'm helping connect them to a desire that they have to make the world a better place and connecting them 
with the way that my nonprofit is making the world a better place. And so that's why uh, I'm excited to fundraise and I'm really fortunate to be able to teach others these evidence-based techniques that we know work and can help people raise more money. Absolutely. I, I love that. And that is one of the biggest takeaways that I had when I was taking the certificate in fundraising management courses to receive that certificate from the fundraising school was that joy of giving. And it's the joy. I mean, it really is this joyful, like gratitude, appreciation experience that goes into it. It's such an amazing feeling. You know, people sit in their homes and they hear the bad news or they wonder about what can we do more in education, healthcare, care, um, public safety, helping victims of violence, promoting the arts, uh, promoting the environment, animal welfare, all the many different causes. And now I get that contact from a nonprofit organization that is doing something about that. And that reaches into the donor in a very personal way to help connect them to that opportunity to make an impact in the world. It helps them associate with others who see the world the way that they do, that they're not in this uh, alone, that they can come alongside a group of people who see the world uh, in similar ways. And so the fulfillment that people receive from their charitable giving is what fundraisers are helping facilitate when they're meeting with donors and also you know, with foundations and corporations, helping them carry out their guidelines and their philanthropic priorities as well. What are some of the key takeaways from that four-day course? What strategies would you hope to see organizations are implementing if you were to visit with them in six months, especially with that opportunity that the nonprofits receive to get that uh, one-on-one consultation that they receive thanks to TPF? Well, Kelly, the, the probably biggest thing we hope people take away from principles and techniques of fundraising is a significant sense of possibility. It's so easy to think about, well, is there going to be an economic recession? I hear fewer people are donating these days. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to raise money. But to, to really, again, know that if you have a thoughtful public service mission, a reason to exist that has identified a real issue, a real opportunity, a real need, and then you can translate that through your fundraising techniques to have that sense of possibility that there is financial support out there. Uh, and then, we, you know, we go with the range of techniques and, you know, all fundraising starts with your strategic plan. And so many people in our sector, you know, they have huge hearts and big ideas. Uh, we need to write those down on paper in a strategic plan. And it's the strategic plan that then, fundra- uh, that then informs the number one tool of fundraising, which is our fundraising case for support. So the fundraising case for support starts with what is our big, compelling idea, why we even mm-hmm. exist. Second. What is the unique problem or opportunity that we're trying to solve or fulfill? Thirdly, what are we doing about it? What are our programs? What are our services? Fourth, what impact are we having? What results are we achieving? Because at the end of the day, all donors want to fund impact. They want to fund results. They want to make a difference with their charitable gift. And then the fifth and final component of that fundraising case for support informed by the strategic plan is how the donor can make a difference and how the donor's gift will make a difference. You can articulate that very precisely, very carefully in compelling, inspiring ways. Then we teach you how to identify donors. It all starts with your board of directors and the people who they know. There are other ways to attract new donors into your organization through uh, annual fund fundraising, such as direct mail, special events, Mm -hmm. digital fundraising, uh, people from our organization introducing us in their circles of influence. And after we build a healthy annual fund, Then everything else flows from there. Our grant proposals to foundations, our approaches to corporations, our major gift campaigns, our fundraising campaigns, 
even planned giving. And so we lay all of this out with these techniques. We talk about wise budgeting so that we know how to budget and budget for effective fundraising. And the other tool, Kelly, that I really enjoy is the gift range chart. The gift range chart lets us know and gives us a plan of how many donations at what dollar amounts we're trying to pursue in the next year or in the next two years. And my contention is, if you, again, have that well-thought-out public service mission expressed through a fundraising case for support, you have that compelling strategic plan from which all fundraising flows, you've written a smart budget so that you know what your fundraising goal is, and then you have that gift range chart to let you know where the money is going to come from, that's going to set you up well for organizational success, including fundraising success moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that these nonprofits, these 32 nonprofits, and then all of the all of the individuals, organizations that take take part in these courses that the fundraising school offers, I mean, it's just a wealth of knowledge that they're able to take out and then really create that impact in their communities and for that mission that they're they're striving for. Well, and Kelly, I, I think what happens is nonprofits that are smaller, fundraisers who are newer, they often wonder like, well, how did that other nonprofit do that? How did they grow their fundraising? How did they attract gifts at all different gift sizes at the base, the middle, and the top levels throughout their organization? And really, it's it's these fundamental practices. It's these techniques. It, it, there are no magic beans. There are no four digits to put into the ATM machine. It is these fundamental practices on how nonprofits fundraise and grow. And I, I also say as an aside, with some of our smaller nonprofits, they are thrilled that Bill makes a $100 donation, as they should be, because that donation is just as important as any larger amount that they might receive. But then they're happy for Bill to just stay there every year. And one thing that we teach is if people are donating three or four years in a row, they very likely are inviting you to invite them to make an even larger gift. And that's news to some of our new fundraisers. Uh, but that's how people grow with their existing donor base to the larger gifts over time. And again, these are the types of techniques that we teach. They're research-based, they're evidence-based. And again, it's why nearly 80% of our participants who implement what we teach wind up raising more money. Amazing, amazing. And such a great opportunity to bring that to the Sun Coast, bring that to the Sun Coast region nonprofits and really, and it's such a philanthropic community that is already in existence to bring those really research-based techniques here. I mean, there's such value in in having you here and having Vicki here. So I'm, I cannot wait to see what happens as a result of this course, as a result of the consultation that comes from, comes after this. Um, so Bill, you know, is there anything else that we should highlight today? Well, Kelly, e even going before the course that was taught in November, our relationship with the Patterson Foundation through FDF started with two different online sessions. Um, one was in 2021. The other was in 2022. We're over Zoom because of COVID. We taught, I believe it was four nonprofits each time. So eight total. And especially teaching them board engagement with fundraising. Your board members need to be your first donors and they need to be your first fundraisers. And when I was in town in November, the Patterson Foundation gave me a chance to meet these people in person, which was great because we'd only worked over Zoom uh, in those two cohorts. And what I was delighted to hear was how the boards and their nonprofits were implementing what we taught them. That is so gratifying as an instructor to know that, yes, we were heard and, and heard in a way that people could take action on what they were learning with these new skills and new abilities, including two of the nonprofits who said, we have implemented what we've learned from the fundraising school to the point that we are now designing 
comprehensive fundraising campaigns to take us to the next level. That's some of the best news I've received at the fundraising school. Uh, and that's the kind of impact that we are enjoying with our courses and that we'd love to hear about. Absolutely. Bill, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because the the partnership of the relationship that the Patterson Foundation, the, the School of Philanthropy, the fundraising school has, it goes so deep. And that's the other thing too with this is that fellows that are graduate, graduates of the master's in philanthropic studies program are able to come to the Patterson Foundation and learn that program management and those relationship management skills too on the other side of it. So they, they're gone from a student and now they're a fellow, but able to still stay in contact and the fellows that have been able to take part in the Fueling Dynamic Fundraising Initiative as a staff member too, then I mean, this the, the value it weaves throughout all avenues of this. Well, practical application is the name of the game. And the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy literally, as you know, as one of our alums, is unique in the world in that we have a full research arm led by Dr. Una Osley. We have nearly two dozen faculty who are researching all the time. And then at the fundraising school, we translate. We translate that research into practical, effective steps that nonprofits can use to fundraise effectively. And so when the fellows are serving at the Patterson Foundation and then launching out to the rest of the sector, and when nonprofits are coming to learn these skills from the fundraising school, the practical application leading to impact is something that is so unique about the resources provided by our school. And we're so fortunate to be in partnership with a visionary organization like the Patterson Foundation that sees these opportunities very uniquely provides both financial support and other types of support and counseling and encouragement uh, to help strengthen these nonprofit organizations. We don't see that often around the rest of the United States, and the Patterson Foundation really is creating a model that other foundations can emulate. It's a joy to be able to stay connected with the school, with especially the, the School of Philanthropy, the fundraising school, and then see a really unique and innovative take on philanthropy and through that collaboration and listening to community and seeing uh, where in the field the value could be placed. And that's there was absolutely value in, in this, and I know it will continue, especially through that incredible partnership. So, Bill, thank you for sharing some additional insights. I know that we'll probably be able to connect again um, and see where this is translated and where it is gone um, through the Feeling Dynamic fundraising program and also through all the other avenues of the partnership. So thank you for joining me today. Kelly, at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, we celebrate your success. We are so proud of you as an alum. You are a leader in our field, and it's always a privilege to serve alongside you. Thank you for having me on the podcast today. Thank you, Bill. And listeners, to learn more, visit the thepattersonfoundation.org and philanthropy.iupui.edu. Listeners, thanks for joining us beyond the blog.